Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Playing Around podcast. I'm your host, Paige Renee, and we have a fun episode in store for you today. We're doing a solo pod, and I'm going to discuss the five things I've learned about golf and the five things I've learned about business. And I'm not going to waste any more time, so let's just get right into it, and we're going to start with golf. Number one on the list is spend more time on the course. I learned this the hard way, especially in junior golf. I spent so much time on the driving range trying to get this perfect golf swing, this Adam Scott golf swing, because I thought if I had perfect mechanics and if I hit more golf balls that that would translate over to the golf course. And boy, was I wrong. It couldn't be farther from the truth. I got so stuck in my own mind and being in this little box on the driving range that I had a real hard time going through a pre-shot routine, seeing shots, working shots, bringing my range game over to the golf course. When I was practicing, I always had my stick down, I would drag a golf ball over, hit it, drag a golf ball over, hit it, drag a golf ball over, hit it. And I would do that for hours and hours and hours. And I wasn't even focusing on where the ball was going, seeing a shot, going through a pre-shot routine. I was only focusing on my mechanics. Didn't even matter how long I spent on my mechanics because as soon as I got to the golf course, shit went out the window and my swing would revert back because I had no idea what was going on. And then I had bad mechanics and I didn't have a pre-shot routine. It was horrible, horrible. I had the yips on the golf course for the longest time because I was so in my own head about everything. So I always tell parents when they talk about their kids getting into golf and what should they do. And it's important, yes, to spend time on the driving range, but it's more important to learn how to play and to learn how to score. You look at a lot of the players now and they don't have a picture-perfect golf swing. You look at Alexi Thompson, a Bubba Watson. I mean, the list goes on and on. A Victor Hovland, even JT Swing has some things here and there. Or Jordan Spieth. But they've learned how to compete and they've learned how to score. And that is the most important thing. 
the best thing that you can do as a fun drill is to get your mind used to going low. So start from the front tees and set a score in mind. It should be under par. And once you start going under par consistently, move back a tee box. And you do that over and over and over again. Or if you're just having a little bit of a mental break, say you're struggling about breaking 100 for the first time or 90 or 80 or 70, move forward until you start to do that because we all know that golf is so mental and it all comes down to the golf course and scoring and course management and that is the most important part about golf. You can have shit mechanics. The most important part is finding impact and that leads me into number two on the list, get lessons. I started working with my pro, Tyler Hall, and I spent so many hours before that with other pros, again, trying to find the perfect swing. When I met Tyler, there were just certain things that I I couldn't get. I've always had troubles with my takeaway. I bring it out and I go a little inside. I didn't realize that I was struggling with that because of my body. Because of my chest being larger, I felt crammed and so my arms couldn't roll backwards the proper way because my 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 boobs were in the way and so we realized that which was a bit of an awkward conversation when we were talking about this but we realized that all you need to do is step a little farther away put your arm over your tit and then you can swing that's not perfect mechanics if you look at my swing you can tell that I'm standing a little farther away from it. But we we work together and we realize, okay, that works for me. And so finding a really good pro who can be creative and know the swing well enough that they can tailor their philosophies to you, your body, and how you naturally swing. It's important to find a really great pro because finding a bad pro could actually be worse than not getting lessons at all. So do your research, make sure that it's the right person and you don't have to do lessons every single week. I think people get a little confused about that. Most of the time, people don't have the energy, the time to be able to practice as much as you need to actually make changes and implement them into your swing. And so going two to three weeks gives you more time to be able to work on the changes that you're working on with your instructor to actually improve. And then the next time you see them, it's in a better place and you can move forward into other parts of your swing. A lot of pros as well are now doing it over uh, video. You can do it that way as well. And in between, you can send in videos of your swing. So make sure you always stay on track. But investing into good golf instruction is so incredibly important. I can't stress that enough, especially if you're trying to get your kids into the game and they seem really frustrated or your significant other. I always say that it's much better to give them over to an instructor instead of having you try to teach them, especially if you're not a really great golfer then really don't give them any tips at all. Don't listen to your buddies if they are trying to give you tips. Really only listen to people who know what they're doing. And investing into lessons right away, as soon as you start, is the best possible thing that you can do. And I know that some people don't have the financial means to be able to pay for lessons with a great instructor because it can be a bit pricey. But that's where you can go onto YouTube. There's actually a lot of really great YouTube instructors that you can learn from. (coughs) Cough, cough, me. 
<laughs> I try to do a lot of golf instruction because I know that this is such a big problem for a lot of golfers. And again, it is expensive and a lot of people don't have the time or the financial means to be able to invest into an instructor or be able to pay for it. And so when you watch these YouTube videos, you can actually do some of it at home. And it's really the best way to go about it if you are in that situation. When it comes to my instruction, I really try to keep it as simple as possible because I do believe a lot of instructors try to overcomplicate it to prove how smart they are and they're actually confusing their students. And so a lot of my golf instruction should be very easy to follow. Again, I'm just trying to give you quick, easy tips that will really make a difference in your game instead of trying to restructure your entire swing. But if that's what you're looking for, again, going to someone in person is really important. Number three is investing in good golf equipment. I obviously stress this a ton because I work with Club Champion. I'm really passionate about the fitting process and getting great equipment. When you're first starting out, it really doesn't matter. I say you don't even need a full set. So you can go and buy secondhand clubs. You can get them anywhere, but only get like a wedge, a seven iron, and a driver. And you can start off with three or four clubs until you just get the mechanics down. You feel comfortable just hitting the ball. That's the most important thing. Once you start getting a little bit better, that's when you want to invest in getting a really good set of clubs. I noticed this, that when I travel, my clubs will bend a little bit and I'll be hitting the ball. Swing feels good. Everything's good, but it's moving a little bit too far left or a little bit too far right, depending on how it's bent. And it's actually not me, it's the club. And so then I start to adjust my swing to fit my club and that's when everything goes haywire. You really need equipment that you can trust, that you have confidence in and that you know is going to work for you because when you are practicing or you are working on your swing and it is the club that's pushing it one way or another, you're actually going to have bad mechanics to overcompensate for the club not being fit properly for you. And again, it's a bit of an upfront cost at first, but you're going to have these clubs for a really long time. And if you go to a place like Club Champion, they will do loft and lie and check your clubs for free once you go through the fitting process with them. And so I'll go in after I travel and they'll just check my clubs and make sure everything is good. Or if there's a club that just seems a little bit off distance wise, they can check it for me. And so that's a really great benefit to have. So investing into your clubs is great. A lot of people will just go get clubs off the rack and they're frustrated with their clubs because they're not doing what the manufacturer promised. Well, it's because your shaft isn't right for you or the degree of loft isn't perfect for you. You really need to get it dialed into your swing and then that way you can have that confidence and know that, okay, my swing's going to produce a good shot when I swing it this way instead of having to overcompensate to fit the golf club. Number four is short game is key. If you want to improve in your game quickly, spend all of your time on short game. 100 yards and in, like that's your sweet spot. If you look at pros, they are so dialed from 100 yards and in. They're just not missing and they're giving themselves really great opportunities from, again, their wedges. They know that that's that's where they're going to score. And even when they miss a green, they're not duffing in the bunker twice, getting it out, then (laughs) three-putting. So when I play in all these pro-ams, I see a lot of amateur golfers who actually hit the ball quite well, but they're just trashed around the greens because they don't practice it. And short game is all about touch. And again, it's all about confidence. And you need to put the reps in to have that confidence, especially in bunker. I see so many people struggle with bunker shots and it's because they don't have the right technique 
they never practice it. And so sometimes they're in the bunker for the first time and they're like, I, I have actually never practiced this shot. Maybe it's a fairway bunker, a 70 yard bunker shot, it's really difficult shots. And you're like, yep, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to execute that shot. And so you're stepping into the bunker already flustered. You're not confident. You're just trying to get it out. And I want you guys to be able to change that mindset around and know when you're in a bunker, have confidence. Be like, I love bunker shots and I can get up and down here because nothing saves around more than a amazing par save. That's what, that's what gets you going. But if you're green sided too, and all of a sudden you make a seven on a par four and it's all because of your short game, it's frustrating. And people tend to think, okay, well, I made a seven on this par four because I missed the green. You're going to miss greens. That's just facts, right? You're going to miss greens. It's not your iron game that let you down. It was your short game. And this is so important is knowing your stats and where you're messing up. And so I work with ShotScope and I track all of my data on their devices and it's surprising where I'm actually losing my shots. And so keeping the stats, keeping your data is so important because then you start to see, oh wow, I am really struggling with my putting. My wedge game is terrible. My bunker shot's terrible. I struggle off of tight lies in the rough. And again, just people don't know how to execute these shots. It's really hard when you have a ball sitting down in the rough and you're looking at it. Again, you're like, I've never hit this shot before. Again, it takes time, effort, and a ton of reps to be able to know when you look at a lie, how it's going to react. And again, you gotta go, you have to practice it. So if you have 30 minutes of free time, don't spend that time hitting drivers, spend that time on your short game and your putting. Trust me, you're going to save so many shots when you do that. It's frustrating and it's boring and I know that, but it's going to be so rewarding when you're shooting lower scores by putting in that time and that practice to be able to improve to get better. So take the time, do it for me, just try it out. Trust me on this one because you're going to shoot lower scores if you just put a little bit more practice in on your short game. I have so many great drills for you guys. You can check that out on my YouTube. It's hard to explain them. I think it is better when you can visually see the drill and watch me do it. And so I don't want to explain all of them here. I would much prefer you guys go and watch and see how I'm doing it. And I can talk you guys through the drills as well. So all of the drills, short game drills, I do a ton of them and also how to hit certain shots. So a lot of short game tutorial as well, all on my YouTube channel. So uh, go check that out because again, that's gonna make you guys shoot lower scores and when I was playing professionally in college and junior golf, I was a really shitty ball striker. I just was. <laughs> I had the yips because I didn't spend enough time on the course and I would only practice. But the thing is, I also practiced my short game for hours and hours and hours. And that's the one thing that did translate over to the golf course. And my short game was impeccable. Anyone that has played with me especially when I was playing competitively, knows this about my game. I was a horrible ball striker, but I would get up and down from anywhere. I had a world-class short game. I would put my short game up against anyone in the world when it's sharp. It's It was really good, and it saved me so many rounds. I would hit five greens and shoot 
under par <laughs> because of my short game. They were highly stressful rounds because I was never hitting any greens, but I would grind and grind and grind. And my short game saved me so many shots, so many times. Even my, my pro win that I had, it was all short game. Short game saved me. And I want you guys to have the same confidence that I have in my short game that you're gonna have in your short game. So again, just, just put the time in for me. Just do it for me. Number five on the list is have fun. And I know this is stupid because it's golf and most of the time we all freaking hate golf (laughs) because it sucks. We have this love-hate relationship with the game. I put so much pressure on myself because I was putting all of this time and all of my energy and I was dedicating my life to this stupid game that I don't know why we play. And it drove me insane because I wasn't seeing the result. I was putting too much pressure on myself. I couldn't just relax when I was playing. But let's think about it. It's just a game, right? It's just a game. It's supposed to be fun. You're going out with your buddies, getting some fresh air. Most of the time you're playing on your day off and or a weekend. It's supposed to be fun. And you're going to play so much better when you have fun. And you take the pressure off yourself. My best rounds of golf, I, I can't even remember having stress. I remember stepping up on the tee, looking at the fairway, and knowing I was going to hit a good shot. When I'm playing bad, I step on the first tee, and I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, there's OB right. There's shit left. There's this, this, this. It's all negativity. I'm standing over a three-footer. And I'm thinking, okay, if I miss this, then I'm three over. And then I, and you spiral. And it's so hard to keep your head in the game because it's, su- it's such a long, long day. And we all know this, especially if it's on a packed golf course or you're playing a competitive round. It's just slow. Rounds can be five and a half hours and they shouldn't, but sometimes they are. And so to stay mentally focused and to not let any negative thoughts creep into your mind is unbelievably difficult. I have seen so many sports psychologists and I have the most crazy tips that they have told me. Someone once said to stick your tongue to the top of the roof of your mouth and say a word that makes you laugh. Like I remember being like, sticking my tongue up to my mouth and being like, peanut butter. And I would hit the golf ball. Like we are such head cases. We have to do things like that to get our minds off of the fact that golf is hard and it can be miserable sometimes, but you're going to play so much better when you're having fun. So when you're going out with your buddies, focus on that. Focus on the fact that you're lucky to be outside, that you get to play golf, that you're playing golf with your best friends, that you're playing a beautiful golf course, that it's a beautiful day. Like focus on all of the good and all of the positives. And when you hit a bad shot, brush it off, brush it off because that's when you get on those bogey trains and that's when you start to spiral when you're too hard on yourself. Hit a bad shot, okay, so what? See, here's a challenge. Let's see if you can get it out of the trees and make par. Like use it as motivation and see the fun in it instead of being frustrated with yourself because even the best players in the world hit some horrendous shots. Some really, really bad shots. And we've seen them. Like we'll see pros top three woods and they're the best players in the world. The top 0.00001% and they're still shanking the shit out of it. 
So you should find some comfort in that and feel good about yourself. When you do hit a good shot, look at those good shots, remember those good shots, try to always have really positive memories. One thing I really like to do that helps me kind of break up the round because when you go off of one and you're looking, you're like, oh my God, I have 17 more holes, especially if you start bad and say you start with a double and you're like, I'm already two over through one. I have 17 holes left. And then that's again, you start spiraling, break it up into threes. So play, it's like you're playing three holes at a time and you're trying to set goals for yourself for those three holes. I would do this in tournament play and it really helped, especially if there was a hard stretch of holes, I would set my goal at maybe one over. And so if I made a bogey, okay, no sweat off my back. It's fine, we're okay. And then if there's maybe three easy holes or holes that I feel like I can score on, maybe my goal is one under or two under. And so you start to see it in threes instead of it being so daunting. And that helps you kind of have fun, make it into a game because it is a game. Golf is a game. It should be fun. We should be having a good time. It's not that serious. We are not good enough to throw our clubs. We are not good enough to be cussing (laughs) at the golf ball. Like we're just not good enough. So enjoy the day because you're going to play so much better if you start to implement this mentality into your everyday life and when you're playing golf. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And next, we're going to move on to what I've learned in business. This also applies to your everyday life, so hopefully this helps in either or. But number one is trust your gut. 
There has been so many times where there has been a situation where I just have this feeling that it's either going to be amazing or absolute garbage. And I have been right probably 99.9% of the time. There was one time where I had this gut feeling that it wasn't going to do well, and it was the golf towels. I was so against putting my face on a towel. I didn't think anyone was going to buy it. I felt stupid doing it. I felt super narcissistic. It was just something that I wasn't really confident about. I was like, why would anyone want my face on a golf towel? But I had such an amazing team around me, which we're going to talk about next. But they pushed me to do it. And it has been something that has been so much fun for me. You guys love the towels. And that was the one time that I was really wrong. All the other times that I have trusted my gut. And when it comes to the towels too, now that I'm reflecting back, it wasn't that I had a gut feeling. I was just insecure. And so also really try to tune into what your body is telling you. I thought it was a gut feeling that it wasn't going to work, but it was actually my own insecurities holding me back from trying something new. So really listen to your body, what your gut is trying to tell you, because most of the time it's right. If you have a feeling that it's going to be good or it's going to be bad, that's usually the case. And so despite what anyone else tells you, if you have a really strong reaction and it just doesn't feel right, don't do it or do it. I was talking to someone the other day and she was telling me that she makes these decisions by saying, okay, I'm going to do X and how does my body feel with that? So for example, um, I was really nervous to play in the ACC Tahoe event and I was going back and forth if I if I felt ready to do it. And so, for example, if I was using this technique, I'd go, okay, I'm going to play ACC Tahoe. Do I feel anxiety? Do I feel anxiousness? Do I feel sick? Or do I feel good and empowered and positive? And that's how you can help make your decision. So you say something, see how your body reacts to it, and then go from there. Number two is surround yourself with a good team. I am so incredibly lucky that I have such a supportive team that understands my vision, but also pushes me when I feel uncomfortable or I am nervous to do something. You don't want a bunch of yes men around you. And although that can be frustrating at times, (laughs) and you just want people to agree with everything you're saying, because if you're like me, I think I'm sometimes the sparse person in the room when I'm talking about social media, because that is my bread and butter. I feel that I know social media inside now. I know my audience inside now. I feel so confident and comfortable with that. And sometimes you got to sit back, know that you're not the smartest person, have really smart people around you who will be honest. That is massive, massive. I have learned so much from the people on my team. They have guided me in directions that I never thought my career would go in. We have done things that are so outside my comfort zone and it's because they have pushed me in a very positive way. It it doesn't feel like I don't have a choice. We talk through things and I see where they're coming from. They will hear my concerns and they will help me through it. So it's done in a very nurturing way and I think that's why I've been able to continue to do this because 
social media is very draining. There's been a, a lot of discussion on social media about influencers talking about how difficult their jobs are. And it's not difficult in a way that a lot of other jobs are difficult. It's very unconventional and it can take a toll on you mentally because a lot of people who get into this industry are narcissistic, people pleasers, attention seekers, and there's no shame in that. I consider myself a people pleaser and at times I can be attention seeking. And so you're seeking validation from strangers and your success is based off of people loving you and or hating you. And that can really be draining emotionally. And so you need to have a support system around you to lift you up when you go through those lows because it's really weird how this works. The low of the emotional lows in social media are actually when you're doing your best. <laughs> and I always laugh at this because the times that I am like the most sad or like anxiety ridden or like worried about what people are saying, that's when I'm really successful and thriving and I'm doing things that are interesting. And so you want that reaction and you need that reaction to grow, but it's not natural. It's not something that a human should be able to endure daily. And so having, again, that really good team around you and having all of these resources that are available to me have been life-changing. And I know that I, I'm so lucky to be able to have access to therapy and nutritionalists and trainers and really whatever I need and people who help me with business. And they've really have guided me along this way. And so moving forward, I really want to help you guys out because I've noticed that a lot of influencers will talk about, and I fucking hate that word influencer. It's so cringy and I hate it. Hate calling myself that, but it is what it is. Um, but I see a lot of influencers talking on social media about these these issues, and I think it's amazing that you're bringing awareness to it. And I've caught myself doing this, especially most recently when it came to the body shaming that I went through. And I sounded so narcissistic because I was t only talking about myself. And it was like, me, 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 me. And I, I was reflecting back on that, and I was looking at that, and I noticed that other influencers do that as well. And it's easy to do because when you're going through a rough time, when you're getting a lot of criticism, it does feel like the entire world is looking at you and judging you. And so it does take a toll on you. But we still have all these resources to be able to help us. Like I can go to therapy and talk to my therapist about this. I can see a nutritionist if I don't feel that my best. I, I have these resources. And so I want to be less about oh, I, no, people are being mean to me and I'm depressed or I have anxiety. Like, yes, a lot of us do. It doesn't make me special because I have anxiety. <laughs> it doesn't make me special that I'm being body shamed. A lot of people are going through it. And so I want to be able to provide actual tips and things that you guys can do to benefit from this and use my platform in a more positive way because having such a big platform is such a privilege and being able to share with you guys actual things you can do, like tangible tips that you can implement into your life should be great. I digress. Have positive people around you that when you are being an asshole, they will get you back in line. And that's the team that I have. And I'm so thankful for my team.
Number three is you can't be afraid to fail. You have to try different things. I think it's so easy to get stuck in a pattern because we sometimes get uncomfortable with change and trying new things and failing. Sometimes environments are not welcoming to trying new things. And if that's the case for you in your workplace, maybe have an open discussion with your boss and be really passionate about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And it could fail and that's okay. There's been a couple things that I've done that haven't worked out exactly the way that I've wanted them to. Uh, My golf career being one of them. (laughs) I was so dead set on being a golf professional and I felt that I put everything I had into it, but it wasn't for me. I failed. But I also succeeded in another avenue in my life that I never expected. And golf, professional golf, opened that door for me. If I never gone to golf, if I never tried to play professionally, I would not be doing what I'm doing today. And so sometimes even trying something new and failing will lead you to even more success. So you can't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid to try. And again, it might not work, but every failure is going to lead you one step closer to success. Number four. Find your own path. So I have taken a very unconventional path. (laughs) There was no Instagram golf girl before me. So I created this lane and there was no blueprint. There was no one I could follow. There was no one that I could take inspiration from. I just kind of figured it out and ran with it. A lot of people told me that I was going to be just the flavor of the month and this wasn't going to work out, that this isn't a sustainable business, that no one is going to continue to follow, believe in you. It it just being an Instagram golfer or using Instagram to your benefit is, it's just not going to work. But I did it. I and at that time I didn't even have a vision. I didn't even have a plan. Honestly, even now sometimes I don't even have a vision. This goes back to number one, trusting your gut. I liked posting fun videos. It felt really natural to me. A lot of times, also people told me, "Don't be vulnerable on the internet. Don't cry." What do I do? I cry on the internet. (laughs) Don't talk about your anxiety. I talked about my anxiety. Uh, Don't talk about your failed golf career. I talked about my failed golf career. And so at that time when I was doing Instagram, it was all about being perfect and curating this image of perfection. And I did very much the opposite of that. I talked about all the times that I failed. I talked openly about my anxiety. I cried all the time. (laughs) And if you followed me from the very beginning, you know that I was like the biggest crybaby. But I think that it made me real. And a lot of you, I think, or I hope, well, I know why a lot of you follow me and that's fine. But I think a lot of you do also follow me because I am vulnerable and I am transparent and I try to be as honest as possible because I feel that I can connect with you on a more human level if I do that. And so I've been able to create this amazing group of people, this community, because I was open and honest. And that was the exact opposite of what everyone was telling me to do. Even when it comes to working with certain brands like the Chive or Barstool, when everyone was like, don't do it, I was doing it. And I worked with them. And this was before a lot of them were like what they are today. And 
I, I did it because I liked the people. I thought they were awesome and it was the right choice. And so again, I always worked with unconventional brands, um, people who were doing their own thing, who were unique. And it wasn't the safe route, but it worked for me because it was authentic to who I am. So you really have to find your own path. And it's really interesting now looking on social media and there's been this huge boom of Instagram golf girls and I, I did that. I started that. So it was definitely difficult in the beginning, um, but it felt good to me. Going back to being, I trusted my gut, had a great team around me who kind of carried me through. I wasn't afraid to fail. And I, I did things that were unconventional. The last thing, the little things matter. So golf is a very traditional, conservative space. And my brand is not. <laughs> it's interesting because people look at me as if I am this rebel, this bad girl of golf, just because I show cleavage. And it's been hard for me to wrap my head around because my online persona doesn't match the person that I am. And so I've had to work extra hard to be able to get deals in the very beginning and to prove myself. And I think the reason that I continued to get deals and my partners were surprised at first was because it's the little things that matter. It's showing up early. It's being polite and thoughtful and nice to everyone on set, being easy to work with, not getting drunk on the job. It is doing all of these things that really aren't that hard, but it does make such a big difference. I've had to always be able to do that because I know that people are looking at me and they perceive me to be a certain way. And so I think that some brands are worried to work with me because they're assuming that I'm going to be irresponsible and a diva. I've had to be so straight edge because of that reason, but it's made a big difference. And so taking time to remember people's names, to remember things about them, to show up early, to sometimes bring coffee, whatever you need to do, take those little steps in a positive direction to make a memory with someone, a positive memory with someone that they're like, oh, I remember working with her. She was really cool. She's really easy to work with because it's such a small industry and I'm sure it is with whatever workspace um, you are in. Things just get around and sometimes you can't help it. And sometimes people fabricate certain things. And so again, you have to work extra, extra hard. So when someone does meet you in person that you do make a really positive impression. So those are the five things that I have learned in golf and those are the five things that I have learned in business. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and you took something positive away from it and that I was able to help you in some way um, at all. I hope that I did because it's been a learning process for me too, a big learning curve, especially on the business side. And I'm happy to share what I've learned and hopefully that it helps you. I hope you guys enjoyed this solo podcast. Don't forget to, you know, just give us give us some five stars and write a nice review, share it around, subscribe. I would really appreciate that. And thank you guys so much for all of the support and always listening. And I will catch you here next time. Bye. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.